0: What is the right serving size for a dancer? Let me ask this differently. Should dancers be practicing portion control? And if so, how should they be practicing portion control? Let's get to it. I'm Rachel Line, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and specialist in all things related to dancer health, wellness, and nutrition. So today we're talking about the topic of portion control because if there is one question that I get constantly in my inbox, it's Rachel, I think I'm eating too much. How can I practice more control over my portion sizes? But here's a fun fact. I don't love the phrase portion control. It assumes that we need to exemplify a degree of control over how much we're eating. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, well, yeah, because if I let myself eat it, I'm gonna eat all of it. But I wanna start shifting your perspective. Diet and wellness culture often make us feel like we are the ones that need to exhibit willpower over the amounts of food that we're eating. But the truth is, what we know about dieting and restrictive eating is that it's not our supposed willpower that fails us when we feel like we are eating in a way that feels out of control or eating to a point past physical comfort. Instead, it's actually the restriction. So whether that be coming from a psychological restriction, like a food rule, telling yourself, I shouldn't be eating this, it's quote unquote, not healthy. Or maybe it's a biological restriction, such as not eating enough calories throughout your day or throughout your week. Or perhaps it's an anticipated restriction. This is often that weekend mindset where you might feel, for example, on a Sunday, so starting tomorrow, I am starting clean slate. We know that these restrictive mindsets are the cause for dancers to feel an overall lack of control around their eating habits. And the culturally constructed view of portion control comes alongside major feelings of food guilt, so for example, if and when you feel like you haven't exhibited that supposed level of control around your portions, what ends up happening, you end up feeling super bad about yourself, shameful, and of course, guilty. The bottom line, this doesn't help in how we're fueling our body, nor does it help in our relationship with food. But here's the thing, the desire to exhibit a certain degree of control over how much we're eating sounds super enticing to many dancers and the reason for that is because this sense of control also provides us with a certain element of comfort. The bottom line, many dancers feel comforted when having a certain degree of control around their immediate surroundings. For most, so much of a dancer's career and success, whether it be success as a dancer in general, or maybe it's just the success of a class or an audition. So much can feel out of a dancer's immediate control because essentially you're relying on those teachers, those company directors for so much of what it might look like when you finally land a role or a job. So in the context of food, when a dancer has the ability to exhibit some level of control over it, this provides them with structure, this provides them with comfort. And the fear of not being in control over their food choices often can spark feelings of a fear of overeating, or eating to a point past physical comfort, or maybe even binge eating. This is essentially why the topic of portion control is something that's extremely attractive to dancers. So when dining wellness culture comes in and says, you know, we're gonna teach you how to exhibit extreme portion control over how much you're eating, that sounds really tempting. But the problem, as I explained earlier, is that level of control and that supposed rule over how much we're eating eventually backfires. So portion control in of itself is a form of restriction. And when we use food or the lack thereof, like restrictive eating habits, in a way to manipulate our body's weight, shape, or size, we end up extremely vulnerable to the development of disordered eating. More often than not, the struggle with portion control has less to do with knowing how much to eat and more to do with your body's response to the mindset of restriction. I'm gonna say it loud and clear. Controlling your portions in an attempt to manipulate your body's weight, shape, or size is a form of disordered eating counting calories or attempting to stick to an assigned amount of food at any given time is a form of disordered eating. And that assigned amount of food, that external rule, whether it be a calorie count or a rigid meal plan that's telling you that you can only eat this amount of food, it doesn't necessarily know whether or not that's the right amount of food for your body. Your body is way smarter than those external rules that often tell us how much we should be eating. Striving to attain that right portion, that external rule over our portions, it really makes us vulnerable to that voice of rebellion. The one that eventually says, ugh, throw it in the towel, let me get it all in now because starting tomorrow, I'm never going to do it again. That all or nothing mindset, what I call within the healthy dancer, the cycle of unfair expectations, because we are expecting ourselves to stick to a rather very unfair expectation of external portion control. When in fact, our body has very specific psychological and biological mechanisms in place that are designed For the purpose of promoting energy balance or in other words promoting you to eat an amount of food that works best for your body. So how can dancers go about portion control? Well I want you to start with a major redefinition. Instead of striving for portion control, let's strive for body attunement. We are all born intuitive eaters. Essentially, we're born with our body's innate ability to communicate its need for energy balance. What that means is your body communicates when it's hungry by sending out a bunch of different signals to communicate hunger, and it also communicates when it's full, sending out signals that tell you your body has received the energy or calories it needs to move forward. Now, of course, that's a very oversimplified way of thinking about this, but for the most part, what I want you to understand is that babies, for the most part, are our best examples for what it means to be an intuitive eater. But here's the kicker. One thing that we have that of course, babies don't have is years of experience and years of reasons and factors that eventually impede upon our ability to truly hear, listen, and honor those innate cues of hunger and fullness. This is especially true for dancers. And that's because not only are dancers juggling very busy lifestyles, but also partaking in higher than average levels of physical activity, busyness, Physical activity, these are just two of the several different factors that cause our hunger cues to either go diminished or go unnoticed throughout the day. So while we are going to work on rebuilding our body's ability for attunement or feeling and honoring its hunger cues. But we also need to realize that more often than not, dancers can't fully rely on their hunger cues when fueling throughout the day. Remember, this approach, the healthy dancer approach, everything that I teach, it's not the hunger fullness diet. That's not what this is. Instead, we utilize our hunger and fullness cues as only one tool along the journey of fueling our body and rebuilding our relationships with food. One really interesting point about a study from 2017 was that it found that dieters are more often responding to those external cues of fullness rather than to their innate cues of fullness. So what essentially that means is if you're partaking in dieting behaviors or restrictive behaviors, and by the way, that includes clean eating, then you are less likely to rebuild that innate ability to listen to your fullness cues. And this is also a reason why within the healthy dancer framework, the education begins with dismantling dancer diet culture. So that first, before we are even working on regaining our body's trust with food and also learning about the science of nutrition, we're first learning how to identify and dismantle the messages of misinformation that surround us. And those messages that make it super challenging for us to eventually practice a more innate version of the supposed portion control. Another interesting point to remember is that restrictive eating places a false sense of food insecurity within us. And essentially what that means is that your body begins to lose trust that it's going to receive energy replenishment at the times it needs it. And because of that, eventual hormonal shifts ensue, which make it really challenging for you to again, rebuild, identify, and honor those innate cues for energy balance. We can kind of argue that the idea of portion control, similar to the idea of willpower actually, is just a divisive tool that's set forth by diet and wellness culture to keep us coming back for more, keep us with that extreme need to say, I blew it again, I need to get back on track, I need to re-implement that restrictive mindset. So that's where that cycle comes back. So let's discuss several steps that I utilize with the dancers in The Healthy Dancer to better identify how we can recognize whether or not we are eating enough or too much. The first, you'll wanna make sure that you are eating enough each day because we cannot honor our fullness cues if we're running on this baseline food intake that is way too low to meet our needs. Dancers especially, they're prone to under eating. This can be because of intentional reasons like those restrictive diets that are set forth by unrealistic food and body ideals. Also unintentional reasons, as I mentioned earlier, busy schedules make it really hard for dancers to get in regular meals and snacks throughout their day. In regards to those back of the package labels that you see on packaged foods, serving sizes can be a helpful place to start in trying to identify an amount of food that works. But realize serving sizes are not actually designed to be recommended portion sizes for you. I mean, think about it. An ounce of chips, it's never enough. A small bar, that's rarely enough for even a dancer's snack. In fact, the FDA even makes it super clear by stating serving sizes are only based upon an amount of food that people typically consume rather than how much food we should be consuming. In other words, serving sizes have nothing to do with the amount of food you should be consuming. So don't rely too heavily on them. Next, you'll wanna focus on balance balance of those three macronutrients, ensuring that your meals and snacks have a source of protein, a source of carbohydrate, and a source of fat. Each of these macronutrients play incredibly important roles, not just in your body's metabolic functioning, but also in how you're feeling throughout the day, feeling satisfied, feeling full in between your meals and snacks. We refer to this as staying power, the staying power of a food or the degree to which that food allows you to feel full and satisfied until your next eating opportunity. The way that we can increase staying power is focusing on three specific elements when it comes to your food choices. The first is fiber, fiber coming from more complex carbohydrates. The second is protein. Ensuring that your meal or snack has a source of protein will help to increase the staying power of that meal and snack. And last is the source of fat which plays wonders in not just feelings of satisfaction, but also long-term hunger. And this is because leptin, that feelful major hormone that helps to regulate our appetites, leptin is not only stored within our body's fat cells, but it's also regulated based upon the amount of fat that we're eating throughout our day. Another factor consider when it comes to portion control, and this is only going to be when you've really mastered those previous suggestions to both eat enough and prioritize balance. Only then and there can we start to consider mindful eating techniques because it's super challenging to eat mindfully when we're actually really, really hungry from not eating enough or eating generally unbalanced meals and snacks. But when you have the time, when it's practicable, when it's feasible, which by the way, it's not always going to be feasible, but when it is, consider how you can bring some mindful eating techniques into your day. This might mean closing the screen, setting the table, sitting down, assessing the textures, the flavors, the aromas of your food, really working on building what I call the mindful muscle at your meals and snacks. When doing this, it will help to slow you down so that you can start to discover what your fullness cues feel like and how and when they start to kick in. And last, another helpful tip is to consider the tool of visualization. This is for dancers who might still be truly skeptical of the amounts that they're eating and really confused as to whether or not they're even in the right place. If you're struggling to discover those innate feelings of hunger and fullness, practice some simple cues of visualization. So for example, the entire size of your hand for a piece of protein, a handful for a serving of nuts or seeds or dried fruit, our fist, for a cup serving of sauteed vegetables or a grain like rice. Remember dancers, when it comes to those grains and complex carbohydrates, you're likely needing more than one serving at each meal. So that might be two fifth sizes. But the practice of visualization, this too is just a temporary tool. Ideally, I do want you to work on that self-discovery and how we can start to regain body attunement to better listen to those fullness cues. To learn more, head over to my blog, dancenutrition.com, where I discuss this topic in depth within a blog post. And of course, like usual, hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when new videos appear.